Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Coda, Text Expander, and CrowdStrike. I'm Simone de Rochefort, a senior video producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Brianna Wu, executive director of Rebellion Pack, and Christina Warren, senior developer advocate at GitHub. Welcome to the show. Time to eat crow. <laughs> Time to eat crow. What does that mean? Well, honestly, let's just jump right into freaking topic number one because Elon wait, wait, Musk. No, we can't no? jump into topic number one because listeners wrote into us this <gasps> week and they have Ooh. some questions for you. Oh, no. oh, no. Okay, actually, oh, what did I, I even this? say? Some, some listeners would like uh, to know if you know the answer to the following. In Link to the Past. <laughs> no. In Link to the Past. Uh, is there any, uh, does anything uh, happen if you attack the chickens? Yes. <laughs> they kill you. Yeah, what do you think, Christina? No. Do you want to count that? Yeah. No, no because, yeah. because they don't kill you. Uh, so It's a yeah. euphemism. Uh-huh. Yeah, for... Hitting uh, you with their wings. Let me ask the question exactly, as is worded. Sure. Does anything productive happen from attacking the chickens? Um. Yeah, they'll drop bird eggs when they. That's not correct. That is not correct. Okay. Um. So this is another question from the listener. They want to know. What the uh? What color is the least valuable rupee in Link to the Green. Past? Okay, okay. She's see Christina. Our Simone is growing up. Uh, oh. she she's played one Zelda game because it's the same <laughs> in any of them. Congratulations, no, you played a Zelda game because you not, are a breathing person. That's not what's happening here. Uh huh. How dare you the quest- slander me? The questions will continue until you play Link to the Past. Seriously, that's, Simone, again. That's all again. the show is going to be. I'm an adult with a life, a beautiful family, a home, a cockroach living in the light fixture in my bathroom. What do you. What do you want we, from me? We, 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 we want you to play Zelda. We want you to play Zelda. Just, just Fair genuinely. You've been very clear about that. <laughs> just, just put down Elden Ring for like how forty-five. No, for because you can for forty-five minutes. You absolutely can. And I, if if after forty-five minutes you don't want to continue to play, fine. But you're going to love it because it's 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 one of the best games ever. Yes. We're, okay. We're trying. It's like you're over here, Simone, and your whole life you've eaten nothing but Captain Crunch. <laughs> and with like, like Aunt, Aunt Christina and Aunt Brianna, we're trying to, we have a lovely filet mignon over here. And we're trying to get you away from the Captain Crunch to come enjoy the filet mignon or a vegetarian healthier. analogy. Yes, or something else. Uh, I, 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 I hear you. I hear what you're saying on a, a raw mental level. I understand it. <laughs> and uh, we'll just do it. Just, just, just do it. It's so it's so easy. Just do it. it, it it's not even it's not even taking your medicine. We're literally I giving know. you like something that's good. So just do it. Just stop bitching about it. Just do it. That I like. <laughs> yeah, but you do. Just do it. Just just stop bitching and just do it. It's no. easy. Just go do it, Simone. <laughs> We 
are being punished. After last week, when (laughs) we are, you two are being punished. I'm, I'm the victim in all of this. I was right. Go on. Right. Okay. Fair enough. So last week, if you'll remember, Christina was right. She was. Many people are saying, pointing out that in my show notes from last week, I said. We're going to talk about Elon Musk, uh, and aren't you glad that we waited a week to do that? Because last week, he had Mm -hmm. said, yo, I'm joining the board, and the board was like, we love that for you. And then they were like, just kidding, he's not. And we all agree that he's not. He doesn't want to. We're fine with it. We're sad. We're sad. But he's not doing it, and we're all okay with that. And we recorded a wonderful episode on Tuesday of last week. And it was great. And it was up to the minute accurate until the literal day that it published when <laughs> Elon Musk offered to purchase Twitter outright, even though he absolutely does not have the funds himself to do so. As of today, which is Wednesday, April 20th at 9.10 Eastern Time in the evening... I should, you know, mention just in case something happens. Uh, the board is, a quote unquote, still assessing that offer. Mm-hmm. Word on the Internet is that they are considering a poison pill, which would keep Musk from owning more than 15 percent of the shares. Uh, well, that's actually they, they already have that built yeah, into their they provisions. Implemented that. Right. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's 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 already part of their bylaws. Mm-hmm. And that potentially the 43 billion dollar offer is too low. Uh, Currently, he owns 9% of Twitter's shares. That being said, who can say? Because everyone has been trying to make predictions about what will happen for the last two weeks. And everyone, almost everyone, except Christina Warren, apparently, has been wrong. But the reality as it stands now is that Musk would need to get the money from somewhere. Uh, He is working with Morgan Stanley to secure additional financing for that offer. Um, and because currently he does not have that money, uh, Twitter stock price did fall about 2%, but I, I don't know how 420, as we all know, Elon Musk's favorite holiday has changed that. Um, <sighs> and that stock price fell because there was a, a doubt that he would be able to raise the funds, but Hey, who knows? Nobody knows. <laughs> so, uh, how do you all feel about, uh, these latest developments in, uh, the ongoing, uh, joke that is this story? Well, I feel, I just, I want to give you props, Christina. You called it last week. Uh, if we had the kind of show where we played clips, I wish <laughs> we could play the moment right now where I very confidently said, oh, he's not going to try to buy Twitter. You're being silly, Christina Warren. <laughs> uh, I was dead wrong on that. And, you know, uh, uh, but in a way, I still won because you picked the wrong thing to bet $500 yep, on. So I yep, will take right. the moral victory. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Well, it, this is true. I should I should have bet on on um, Elon's Elonness. Yeah, I mean, okay. So I have to say, other than, and, and this isn't even an area where I was happy to be right, but this was exactly kind of what I was worried about last week. Which, for people who didn't listen, my argument was not that this would be a good thing, but by handling the situation the way that the board handled, um, you know, whether he was going to be a member of it or not. Um, and, and they didn't handle it well. Obviously, they had to offer him a board seat, but then the whole like taking it away thing, whether it was his decision or, or, or theirs, it wasn't handled well. And and kind of the the, re- the publicly rebuffing of his stuff, would, which I, I think only made things worse. I, I said 
that's going to potentially open it up where he could just buy the company. Mm. And or and 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 that's that's what he did. He's made this he's made this offer. Now, whether this will happen or not, I, I think um, the one thing I will say, uh, I would anyone who is saying that, that Elon Musk can't get the money, I think is fooling themselves. Um, Elon Musk is the richest man in the world. And even if he would have to take some stuff out of his shares, which I doubt, I think people would just give him the loan. I mean, mm-hmm. he he's the richest man in the world. And and some banks or, or, or some sovereign wealth fund or some uh, private equity firm, someone will work with him if he really needed to get that money together. So that I don't think is a question. If he wants to get the money together, he can absolutely get the money. Uh, I think the bigger question is whether or not um, the the board really wants to reject that because they can get more. And then I think the, the follow-up question to that is, you know, um, what does this mean for for Twitter's ability to be a public company going forward? Because I think mm. the much more likely situation, unfortunately, with this is that if Elon doesn't want to negotiate or, or do whatever that's the case, even if he's just kind of doing this partially for the lulls and to be chaotic, what this does is it now puts the company in play because uh, now Twitter, which um, I, I talked with someone uh, who um, I, I'll, I'll just say would be in a good position to know some of the internal things that have happened at Twitter over the years. And this person said that, uh, you know, the big mistake that Jack made was not taking the company private years ago. Mm. I think that's actually completely correct because what what potentially will happen now is that if the board does reject his offer, um, We've already seen this. There's already been reports that, that Apollo Global, who bought uh, the remnants of, of Yahoo and and is you know a, a private equity firm and, and buys a bunch of media companies and brands, they are seriously looking at it. And and the amount of assets they have, they could they could get it outright, or they could partner with Musk. But uh, I think that in addition to that, you have any of the other big private equity funds who are who would maybe be able to make a competing bid. And at that point, the poison pill stuff goes out the window because you have enough of the shareholders who would be willing uh, to, to do something like that. Um, I, I think that that to me is much more likely potentially as a solution. And that makes me sad because um, I have even less faith in private equity people than I do in someone like Elon and you know, managing to shepherd Twitter. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree. Like having less, um, having less faith in him doing that. Help me understand this. I mean, so just to 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 give listeners a little bit of background. Um, my understanding of a poison pill is it was a, it's basically a defensive reaction that uh, was developed in uh, basically the 1980s with kind yep. of the corporate raiders thing. Yes, and the way it works, and then correct me if I'm wrong here, is that basically. Uh, if someone is trying to get a majority stake, it has a mechanism in place to let other major stockholders buy additional stock yes. to stop someone from getting that 15% Exactly. Number. Is that it, correct? That, so, that's exactly yeah. right. It, it's known as a shareholder rights plan. And, okay. it, and as you said, it was it was developed in the 80s um, during kind of the Carl Icahn, um, you know, KKR uh, era of, you know, like, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, Nabisco and um, some of the other big um, uh, corporate uh, raider takeovers. It was kind of uh, developed as, as a mechanism against that. Now, I will say that just because you you have one in place, even if you execute it, it doesn't necessarily mean that the company doesn't sell anyway, because mm-hmm. that can right. often happen. It, this is just basically saying that if you had kind of a hostile situation, it would be much, much more difficult um, for someone to gain majority share that way, because 
the the market would be flooded with with additional shares and and, and their ownership stake would be diluted. Yeah, that that's a hundred percent right. This is what I don't get though. Help me understand. So you said basically the shareholders can come and vote to override the poison pill. Help me, help me well, understand well, that part. How do you get around the, this? It, it wouldn't right. be really to get around the poison pill so much as it would be like if they think that the offer is fair. If they think that his offer of of fifty three dollars or whatever it is a share of you know of of um of forty three billion dollars, if they think that that offer is fair, they can um make it clear and and most of the biggest shareholders are on the board where they can approve that purchase. So so yeah. so, so, so no, I mean honestly, that's that's exactly what would happen if they thought that oh, that was yeah. fair. So so that gets around the poison pill because that's not he would just be they would just be selling him. The company, and and it wouldn't become a hostile thing where he's buying the shares on the open market and and amassing you know nine percent the way that he did, and then saying, okay, well now I'm going to have fifteen percent, and now I have a controlling interest in the company, and so I can I can start making these decisions, and you have to include me in things, or I could you know make even uh, broader offers and just just take the whole thing because eventually I would have a mass, and I could put it to an individual shareholder vote who you know would would likely uh, go in that direction if they were going yeah, to get a big yeah. return. I just, I don't see, it just seems low. It, that seems like a low number for, you know, for them to do that, especially with like all this attention to it. I think it's. Well, yeah, no, I agree with right. that. I, yeah. I mean, th- this I think seems unlikely in this present tense, but, but you never know. And, and already the, um, the, the, the Saudi uh, sovereign wealth fund has come forward and said that they don't agree with it. And, and they own, I, I think, um, even more, um, or no, not more than Elon, but I guess they, they own like a, a similarly large percentage. Um, there are some other, uh, groups that, that have big, um, uh, positions. And so it's Vanguard. one of those. Vanguard. Yeah, that's what meant. With Vanguard. Yeah. I was yeah, astonished yeah. to find out that like the people yeah, Vanguard has 10%. Money yeah, yeah. Twitter. Yeah. So. Vanguard, Vanguard owns 10%. So I, I think it's unlikely that they would accept that offer, but obviously the board is considering it. I, but as I said, I think what's more likely is that now that it's in play, now that they know that this is a potentially something that someone's put on the table, and even if he doesn't have financing right now, like I said, the most, the, like, do I think this is going to, him, the, with the offer he made going to happen? No, but um, do uh, I think it's because he couldn't get funding? No. Again, there's no reason why Elon Musk would not be able to get funding. That's just a a pipe dream that people invent because they don't want to face reality that the richest Mm. man in the world can indeed buy things, um, even if it's unfair. But um, I I think that the more likely thing, as I said, is I think that now that people know that it's that it's weakened and it's in a position where it would even be a consideration to sell it at that, that they come in and say, okay, well, we will offer you more. And and it might not be as much of a premium as as the company was when it was at its peak last year, but it would still be premium over where it is now. And they would talk about it and we can consolidate things, we can streamline operations, blah, 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 blah. And and they would come in and basically be able to get buy it and, and take it over in debt and and pay you know, the premium. So I think that that's the the much mm. more likely thing as a concern. And this is a concern that I have would be that this could just open the door for other people with money. Um, to, you know, make their own place. People who don't necessarily use Twitter, but who want to have a little, a fun little tech company. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, 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 I think this is the problem, honestly. And this is why I say that I would be much more worried about private equity people than Elon, because Elon is is still ostensibly a technologist. He's still a a user of the product, even if I think that 
he'd be a chaotic general manager and, and all that, that putting that aside, like he at least understands the product. Whereas private equity is going to be looking at one thing and one thing only. Oh, and that's how to extract value at yeah. the company. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah. I'm a thousand percent with you. I'd trust Elon way more than private equity. I feel like every choice is bad, but it, I, <laughs> I, I, Welcome no, to capitalism, f- finish your Simone. I know. No, no, no. <laughs> I was just going to say, I mean, uh, Simone, tell me what you think of this. I am of the opinion this was a, I, I think it was a pump and dump. I, I do. I think it was a legal pump and dump. I think he went in there. He filed this with the SEC to, to uh, I think it made the stock price go up. I, 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 I think it's all a big troll. And Wait, in the sense that he's going to yeah. sell his shares or in the sense that he is getting like, yeah, he looking foreshadowed to... that because okay. he said, like, I don't have current faith in the current leadership of the company. So he right. bought so, a big so, stake. So, so, so if right. they reject if they reject his his offer, he's basically I mean, th- this is the thing where he was like, I'm not trying to force anyone. In. I'm not making any threats. Well, ostensibly saying, if you don't accept my offer, I will sell all my shares and tank your uh, and, and tank your stock price. Um I don't know if I would call it a pump and dump because I don't think the amount of money that he would make on this would be worth this. I think this is really just he's a bored, like chaotic, you know, like madcap individual who doesn't have boundaries. Yeah, Yeah, I could see it going either way. And I think that gets it a point that I I was, I think, correct about last week, even though I was wrong about where the, the end game was, which is that he's essentially a troll. And <laughs> there is no way to to win this scenario because, like you said, he'll either he's either going to buy Twitter and remake it in his own fashion, or he is going to somehow make a lot of money over jerking it around and getting the stock prices to go wild. Um, and I'm not a billionaire, so I don't understand exactly how that's going to work, but I have no doubt <laughs> that he can do it if he wants to. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a hard time predicting. I don't think I can predict where this will go in the end, but I feel confident in saying he's having fun. Yeah. Isn't it sad, though? Like, if this, if you're a billionaire, is this, like, your destiny? That you I become, think so. Like, JK he Rowling? should play freaking like Elden a, Ring. What's he doing with his life? Like, he should yeah. do something. He should Dude, become Batman. Like, go launch our flag meet, means death. Play freaking yep. Elden Ring, become the Batman. Yeah, like invent a cool motorcycle. I mean, he, he did. He did he, cool I, mean, I mean, he did sell flamethrowers. Like, I don't know. I I feel like those were tiki torches with like okay, the but, but, propane. but whatever. I'm still. I'm just saying. Like, like the the guy does do ridiculous things too. I don't know. I what we're saying is he could invent a a bigger flamethrower. Now that he's done one, he could go further. I will say this. I heard someone mention this in, in a podcast. I can't remember who, but who, who said that they would rather him invest his money and, and resources and energy towards like nuclear power rather than this. And I totally agree. Like, I, cause I feel like that's, that will actually help our energy crisis, but doing something, whether it's nuclear or not, like around, around power and, and um, energy, I would much rather have his energy, no pun intended going towards <laughs> that than, than trolling Twitter. I uh, f- funding yes I guess having seen everything that's happened with like his his uh underground highway plans and everything I I don't necessarily trust him to be managing an effort like that towards nuclear power in the same way that I don't trust him to be managing Twitter um but if he could, yeah, if he could devote his, his I mean, the, mind the and money is, to doing, to learning well, something that, else. 
I mean, that would at least, uh, I'm saying that would just pro- provide us with research and, and w- with data. I mean, like, like or hate the guy, you cannot deny, it is not deniable that that um, Tesla has been in a massively influential and important company in automotives. And Tesla has, has, has but has anything, uh, well, has, but, like everything I mean, that but, came after has not so well, much I mean, been. And, and I, I think I think that um, um, SpaceX is um, too. I, I think that both of those things have, have made really important kind of strides. He's a ridiculous person, but but I think both of those are really important. And I would also say that even if you didn't like, and this is why I would rather him focus on that. Even if what he focused on wasn't the solution, and and even the the Solar City stuff that he was doing, which he had to fold into Tesla again, like good ideas. But like even if he didn't. Even if that wasn't the solution, that would at least provide competition and interest for others to get involved. Mm. Because, like, that's what we saw with both SpaceX and with um, uh, Tesla, especially, is yeah. that you took a very staid and stagnant market that no one was innovating or wanting to do anything in, and now it's a, in its entire industry. Yeah. And so, I that that's all I'm saying. I, I wish that he would he would take his you know focus on on things like that rather than messing up a, a small, a relatively small company. Um, and that's, that's a good I, point. I, I, I think that's yeah. fair. I, I also just want to say one quick thing and then I'll shut up. I'm sorry, I'm rambling. I do want to say that as, as easy as the jokes are to make, and, and I've certainly made some and, and we all have about this, this has to be so demoralizing for the people who work at Twitter. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's yeah. what makes me sad about this. I don't really care one way or another about whether he would buy it or not, but this back and forth in this drama all it does, especially with like the, the threats of private equity, is is that it destabilizes the product because I can't imagine what it would be like to be working there and having to deal with this, especially knowing how good offers are at other places. And so mm-hmm. as someone who loves Twitter, I don't want to see the people that make Twitter Twitter and, and, and make it like the, the the social network that we like love, even if it's the one we criticize the most. You know, it's it's for many of us, it's kind of like our our place. I don't want to see the people who make it that um, forced out because yeah. of all of this, you know? Yeah. This episode of Rocket is brought to you, to you by Coda.io. So many people love working remotely, and it's easy to see why. You get to work from anywhere. All you need is a laptop and decent Wi-Fi. Uh, one thing that I personally enjoy about working remotely is waking up 10 minutes before I need to to log on for the day. But at the same time, keeping everyone on the same page and focused on the right tasks can be a challenge. And that is why so many people love Coda. If you have a remote team working across multiple places and your best work is spread out across documents and spreadsheets with a stack of workflow tools you have to jump in and out of all day, you need Coda, the doc that brings it all together. Coda is endlessly customizable and connected. There are templates for anything and everything. Product roadmaps, remote onboarding, goal trackers, meeting notes, you name it, Coda has it. Coda adapts to growing teams and changing strategies. It can help change how you view information depending on what you need to do with it. And perhaps most importantly, Coda seamlessly integrates with the tools you need. Everything in Coda is synced, so if you update a table, it'll automatically show up everywhere in everyone's table. So no more relying on copy and paste to keep important documents and projects current. Your team can operate on the same information and collaborate the way that everyone wants to, quickly and efficiently. With Coda, you can solve for just about anything. And right now, you can get started having your team all working together on the same page for free. For free. Head to coda.io slash rocket. 
That is C-O-D-A dot I-O to get started for free. Coda dot I-O slash rocket. Our thanks to Coda for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. I'm going to start a Coda team to, like, the project is make Simone play Link to the Past. We can have two projects, <laughs> and one can be, like, planning the show, and then the other can be making me play Link to the Past, and then I'll have yeah. a special project for getting more people to watch hit Telugu action film RRR, now playing <laughs> in select theaters. I literally talked about it last week. Yes, I know. Oh, I, yes, I, yes, it's, yes. it's on my list, and because and, it's, it's in Bellevue or something, I'm, I'm going to try to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. Tough day for the races over at Netflix. In an earnings call this week, Netflix reported that it had lost 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter of 2022, and they expect to lose another 2 million, which is a large number. The stock is currently way, way down. Uh, Reed Hastings, Netflix's co-CEO, now says the company may eventually add an ad-supported tier similar to Hulu's. Uh, According to Vox, the last time Netflix lost subscribers was in 2011 during their... Yep, during that weird rough transition to streaming when it tried to become Quickster. And then immediately everyone said, let's just pretend this never happened. This is bad. Um, Ever so briefly. Uh, But since 2011... You know, they grew a lot and they grew so much uh, that they, you know, basically pioneered the cord cutting and uh, online streaming space and became completely synonymous with streaming entertainment. So much so that everyone else now also does that same thing. Uh, In 2022, Netflix, unlike, you know, in previous years, has to contend with a lot of really, really good content libraries of various price tiers, a lot of them cheaper than Netflix and with deeper, deeper catalogs. And a lot of companies who formerly had movies and shows on Netflix, like Disney and NBC, now have their own platforms. And it seems like Netflix is uh, feeling a little bit of the burn of competition uh, more seriously than it has in a long time. How do y'all feel about this? I I I think uh, there was a really great Twitter thread um, that I really thought summed this up. It was by um, who was that? Oh yeah, it was by Christina. Oh <laughs> who yeah, I don't know crib from. Uh, basically, going through all the services and looking at the pros and cons. And something you said, Christina, that I really agreed with is like there's a. Netflix increasingly has like a content problem, right? Mm -hmm. What's the last Netflix show that came out that made you go, oh, I'm really glad I got a Netflix subscription? Ozark, I'm one of like 10 people that really, really, really (laughs) love that show. Oh, it's a great show, but but it's almost over. Uh, Yeah, no, it's one of the best shows on TV, but it's almost over, right? Right. Like, and I don't know. What else is there? I mean, I think Bridgerton is one, but I I also feel like Bridgerton, even though I'm happy to tune in for it, it's not. Uh, it, it, actually, no, I, I I do think Bridgerton counts because a lot of people enjoy Bridgerton and enjoy discussing Bridgerton, but I I do think it's one of the few at least, and it is also it's very niche. And if sure. there are other niche shows that have that, I, I'm sure there are other shows in other niches that I am not in that have that same popularity. But um, it's, I, I think it is quite divided as a as a platform um, in terms of like I what mean, is popular and what goes viral. 
hundred percent. I mean, I watched all episodes. I'm not proud of this, but I watched all the episodes of Is It Cake? I enjoyed that. I'm not proud of that, but I, it's it's more like it's here. I need something to watch. It's sucking right. me in. I'm not gonna like 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 go out and seek Is It Cake season two. Actually, right. like, that show. Well, was I, I was gonna say though, like for me, okay, even if even if you really like Bridgerton, and and even if there are a couple other things, I can't remember. Like, okay, we were in my group chats. This is how I kind of surface things. And in my various group chats, I've had lots of conversations about Severance, which is one of the best oh, kind of breakout shows. So okay, so, so many good. people talk about Severance. So many people talk about Euphoria. Um, so many people have, have talked about um, even um, and just like that, which which was dunked on. Like that was a thing that was kind of a, a must talk. There have been a number of of shows on on other networks. All the, when the Marvel stuff happens, like. There are a lot of things that are are must talk uh, amongst a, a cross section of of my um, different uh, group group chats, and not all of them have people who have the same taste. I can't remember the last time. I think it was Tiger King that that Netflix had anything that w- was in was in the mix. And in Tiger King, to be clear, it was spectacle. Okay, no, that's not that's not true. Squid Game, but like Squid Game, yep, it, Squid Game for sure, massive viral hit. But before Squid Game. Again, it would have to be probably Tiger King and before and Tiger King is was spectacle and in as much as like, you know, look at these crazy rednecks as it was like well, I'm I, addicted. I guess this is why I'm uncomfortable making any broad assumptions about Netflix's uh, viral popularity, as it were, because like, yes, Severance is in the conversation right now. Yes, our flag means death is in the conversation right now. But uh, to your point, Christina, like they they've had Squid Game, they had Tiger King. I think the in in some circles, Bridgerton, the latest season of Love is Blind. So they're not not having hits. I, no, I, I think no, no. It's, it's, it's just it's just they're not the only ones. And I don't think they're the biggest. Yes. Is, is all I'm saying. Like, like yes. to me, it, it's not that they don't have any hits. It's just that they for a long time, Netflix could get away with being the most expensive because they had the biggest catalog and they had at least um, a couple of shows very consistently that you had to watch. Mm -hmm. At this point, I think that their must-watch content is way on the down low. Um, I think I've said this before. I mean, some of this comes down to personal taste, but a lot of this, I think some of these things do go across trends. I think HBO Max has the best content, period. Uh, We're staffed, but I think they have the the, the best, like, must-watch content. But you have really strong libraries from a lot of these other platforms places and and they're cheaper. So I think that the challenge that Netflix is facing is it's not just um, that they have more competition because they've had competition for forever, basically. It's that the competition has finally started to catch up and is doing things that Netflix isn't. Like I, I would argue, and, and I think that Ted Sarandos, the, the co-CEO, I think he's brilliant, but as much money as Netflix has invested in content, it's also public and very known that they make a lot of their decisions based on algorithm. And I think that that's a mistake. I think they've over-indexed on trying to juice the algorithm and haven't brought what is very subjective, but I think a very important component with the content, which is taste and which is curation. Yeah. And, and and I think that that's where you have uh, Apple and, and HBO and, and even Amazon a little bit, but, it's, but especially Apple and HBO and, and Disney to, to a certain extent, but, but really Apple and HBO coming in and, and kind of driving the bar. And the problem is, is that it's like, okay, well, I cost more and I'm offering yeah. less and I don't even have the back catalog. I can't I agree even watch with Friends. That, I, we saw a period over a few years where Netflix continued, like Roma 
esque tried mm-hmm. to make its stab at making Oscar winning stuff. And as we all know, as of this year, they're not the first streaming platform to right. to win an Oscar. Apple TV is. Um, and I I think in recent years we saw a pivot from Netflix away from like prestige and towards like, okay, what can we the the is it cakes of the world, the algorithm driven entertainment where it's like all right here's a here's the most psychotic dating show idea you've ever heard and it's Mm -hmm. called the ultimatum and a bunch of 23 year olds are gonna go on it and break up their whole freaking lives it's wonderful that show we have to talk about oh yeah we will Um, and love is blind and tiger king all part of that where it's like it's it's popular entertainment and i i love i love reality tv i watch a lot of reality Mm -hmm. tv i'm not saying it's bad but I do think that the 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 stuff that Netflix is putting out is definitely of a particular sort of like a shotgun pellet approach where it's like, let's just blast this at the wall. It's going to hit the broadest possible demographic and it is popcorn. And let's see if it works. And that's kind of that's not appointment television. As it no, were. No, no, that's, that's lowest common denominator stuff. And that yeah. might get people to watch, but it doesn't get people to subscribe. Yeah. It doesn't get them to stick around for like the next season of Love is Blind. That's dead on. I mean, do y'all remember when Jessica Jones came out? Mm-hmm. Like us. We yeah. loved us. Yes. A hundred percent. I can remember House of think... Cards. I mean, I, I know it's problematic now, but like that was that actual. Was, yeah, that was their first like, television big like, prestige show. hit, right? They dropped the second. Yeah, they dropped the second season on Valentine's Day. I remember which was a brilliant marketing move because I stayed home that year. Like a lot of people did. Like <laughs> yeah. it was because it was one of those things where like, cause we're like, Oh, we can binge it now. You know, like uh, orange is the new black. Like there was, they've had a lot of really big stuff over the years, but a hundred percent. This is my point. I mean, uh, it is to agree with you, Christina, because an algorithm can go through and figure out, look, we can spend, you know, $100,000 an episode on is this cake? And that's being generous, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and, and and I will sit there and watch that for an entire Saturday and feel shame, right? And the algorithm can say, okay, signal good here, cost to whatever ratio good here, engagement good, yay, we're winning. Make more stuff like this. I am never, ever ever going to subscribe to Netflix for this is cake, right? And the algorithm mm-hmm, is going right. to prioritize things like that. They need to be betting on Jessica Jones's and big, big, big shows. Things like Severance that are truly like something you've never seen before. And yeah, to me, more I, Squid Games, I, right? Like, 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 it has to be more. Like, 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 I would rather. I think at this point they have so much content, and, right. and part of it is cool because it can appeal to everyone. But it also means that everything like lacks focus. Like I, I would cut so much more of their slate if it meant investing in better projects. You know, like mm-hmm. we had more Squid Game and, and less, you know, like algorithmically determined like yeah. Adam Sandler movie. There is when something comes on HBO Max, whatever it is on HBO Max, like the girl before, right? I know that if I sit there and watch it, that there was a very I know that it there was a how can I say it? Like a creative bar mm-hmm. that that show is going to meet that's going to make it worth it. Now, the girl before, I, no one ever talks about it. It's not a great show, but it's a good show, right? Like it's a it's worth sitting down and watching, as is just about everything on HBO Max. I would argue, and this may be controversial, 
Apple TV, mm-hmm. I think everything I've seen on that in the last two years meets that bar. It's worth yeah. your time. It's worth watching. No, I was it's definitely great. wrong about Apple TV. I They've, was too. Yeah. Yep. They did come around. <laughs> Here's my only complaint with Apple TV and the only reason I put HBO Max ahead of it. The only reason is because actually right now I think that the content slate is is very even. The only reason I give HBO the edge is the back catalog which Apple yeah. TV doesn't have. And yeah. and the Warner the Warner back not just the HBO back catalog but the whole Warner back catalog really really strong. Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say. So, you know, these are two services that I think have really pulled ahead because they are really making like stuff that isn't playing for an algorithm. It's a creative choice and it's going to be worth your time on some level. Another thing that I think is uh, that muddles the conversation around Netflix obviously is their uh their their metrics because <laughs> for for years now every time Netflix has a hit like I think Red Notice would be the most recent uh notable one they trot out some uh, huge made up number about viewership and popularity no matter the 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 quality of the thing mm-hmm. and i there's been a sensation i think for a long time in uh, like uh, in in tech reporting that like these we don't actually know anything about their numbers these all feel made up they all feel fake um and like i, I don't doubt that obviously red notice got a lot of viewership because again popcorn shotgun blast at the wall kind of movie popular for anyone it could be but you know saying nothing ultimately um but then at the same time you have shows like say the babysitter's club which particularly close to my own heart quite good yep canceled for again a question who knows big question mark we're not really sure because netflix's metrics are so opaque they're so opaque and they change and they're different for everything. Yeah. And again, again, this is my point. Like, uh, so in business, a lot of times the, the big thing that you have is you have OKRs, which are objectives and key results. And so these are things that you're using as supposed to be like your guiding principles for how you know you're doing things in the right direction. And to and, and it's all corporate speak and it's BS, but it's what everyone uses and it's Google's fault. So I have to think that someone's OKR and one of the things that they are, are over-indexing on and like pushing towards has you know, are, are, are these figures and that to them is success. And that's how they're making all of their, you know, cancellation mm-hmm. renewal decisions rather than having a taste element, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. Um, and I, yeah. I, I, you know, I obviously don't know like what the actual viewership of the babysitters club was or how much it costs to make probably less than something like Ozark. Um, but probably not the same viewership either. Cause Jason Bateman's not in it, but it, I don't know. It, it it's it's confusing and well, it is, it, and it's sad too, yes. right? Again, I think it, again, it goes back to like my thesis of like I just think they have too much content. Yeah. I would take, I would much rather have less content. Like I would, I would like the Babysitters Club. It wasn't my you know thing, but I loved those books growing up, and I thought this the show was really well done. And I don't know, maybe if that always would have had a home there or not, but like I would much rather them have not ever picked it up at all. Mm-hmm. Then you know, almost kind of doing what we have ha- happen, or, or you know, like like the terrible thing that happened with um, uh, uh, what was the the show, the female wrestlers, Glow? Oh um, God, Glow! You know, right, which you know, which was a great show. I would much rather them, you know, spend the time and, and finish Glow than produce two hundred new things that launch, you know, every couple of months 
that you never hear anything from and they just kind of go into the void, right? Like I yeah. feel like so much of their content decisions is is that it's it's quantity over quality. It's just like they are are stuffing the video store full of of movies. You're at a blockbuster, but it's mostly bad stuff. Yeah. And or 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 if it's not the Atari bad crash all over again. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. You have a couple of, you know, like good things, but but it's hard to find. And I would much rather have a much smaller thing to choose from if every if you know everything was uh, yeah. a little better quality. I also feel like if you did that, you could potentially have higher viewership, right? Like you wouldn't have like you could probably hit some of those metrics if you focused on some of those things. Ah, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by our friends at Text Expander. Get your team communicating faster so that they can focus on what's most important. With Text Expander, your team's knowledge is at their fingertips. Get your whole team on the same page by getting information out of silos and into the hands of everyone that needs to use it. You can share your team's knowledge across departments so that your team is sending a unified message to your customers and isn't spending time reinventing the wheel. Here's how it works. First, store it. Keep your company's most used emails, phrases, messaging, URLs, and more right within Text Expander. And then share it. Get your whole team access to all the content that they need to use every day. Organize it by department, and then finally, expand it. Deploy the content you need with just a few keystrokes on any device across any apps that you use. It is that easy. And Text Expander is available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, iPad. It's freaking everywhere. Christina, uh, how does Text Expander boost your productivity? Gosh, I mean, there's so many things that it does. I oftentimes will just kind of execute uh, like an Apple script or sometimes even JavaScript um, when I'm in a different application and I can just run something on Text Expander and it'll fill in the script that I want and and then run things across it, which is really great. Um, this is really useful when I'm trying to uh, like grab certain, uh, like um, I, I use a, a command line tool called um, uh, YouTube DL, or I guess actually the, the, the fork version is Ooh. YTDLP. And it's, it's a command line tool that makes it easy to, to download videos off of YouTube, which can often be really useful even for content that is your own that you've uploaded because it's yep. difficult to get it <laughs> off officially. And so I um, sometimes want to manipulate certain things from those videos. Like I, I want the thumbnail or I want something else. And so there's a way that I can actually just grab the thumbnail of the video rather than having to download the whole thing. But it's kind of a long script. And so I have a text expander uh, snippet saved for that. So I just have to type in a couple characters and then it'll, it'll you know, that script, which, which I can run and, you know, automatically get the thumbnail for the, the video that I want. Nice. Ah, uh, listen up listeners. As a listener of Rocket, you can get 20% off your first year. Visit textexpander.com slash rocket to learn more about Text Expander. That is textexpander.com slash rocket. Our thanks to Text Expander for their support of this show and Relay FM. Hey, it's time to talk about that game that you guys want me to stop playing. I mean, look, I'm we not saying to stop, but permanently, stop just take yeah. a break. I can't to believe play you're trying to Zelda. take it away from me. I can't believe you're trying to get it banned in the state of New York. <sighs> you heard it here first. 
two of Rocket's three co-hosts want to ban Elden Ring in my household. Anyway, let's talk about <laughs> Let Me Solo Her. So if you've played a FromSoft game before, uh, you might be familiar with uh, being able to summon other players via multiplayer to help you do things. Or sometimes they'll come in and they'll beat the crap out of you while wearing a loincloth and make you very sad. But there is a new hero in the Elden Ring multiplayer community, and their name is Let Me Solo Her. Uh, So this is a player who basically hangs out outside one of the most, if not the absolute most, difficult bosses in the game, Melania, Blade of Mikola, who is a, a, a beautiful, scary lady with a big, big sword who uh, anecdotally, I heard just from multiple of my friends who were further in the game than me when it first came out saying like, this is the boss that ruins the game. I'm stuck here. I can't get past her. I, I will never finish this. I'm just going to die here. She's very, very difficult. Uh, she has a particular attack that will kill you and heal her. Very fun. But this uh, naked, jar-headed player with two katanas named Let Me Solo Her uh, can, if you are lucky, be summoned into your game. And as their name indicates, their name is Let Me Solo Her. And they say, Let Me Solo Her. And then you stand back and watch (laughs) Let Me Solo Her solo her. And this player has just been going around and killing uh, Melania for people without taking any damage, which is... So <laughs> they're so good. I actually I watched a um a gameplay video because this person did come forward on Reddit and say, hey, yo, that's me. Um, they posted a gameplay video on YouTube and truly it, it makes it look it makes her look easy, which I know is false. I know it's false. And I know that I should not I should not be tempted to <laughs> to to have hubris and fight melania uh alone but he makes it look freaking easy how does he do it i i freaking love this i think it's great now i do just want to say uh let me solo her like the whole outfit like naked loincloth it kind of gives me like tucker carlson (gasps) like naked man on the mountain with laser beams at your junk thing what are you describing you did did you miss all the discourse this week about tucker carlson do i need to google tucker carlson naked on the mountain uh, no, I'm, don't do I'm doing that. it. Don't do that. No, it's I'm just saying naked, naked dude, like so soloing this this woman. I love it. So these these games are so hard, and I will completely cop to this. There have been plenty of times that I have called somebody in in this type of game, though I've played Elden Ring 100% by myself to this point, where I've needed help with a really tough boss and, like, you know, they've carried me through it. So this is this is a time-honored tradition in these kinds of games, and I appreciate it. But I just, I feel like the real hero of this story is Rebecca Valentine over at IGN who wrote the original piece about this. I mean, there's a Wikipedia of it now. And I mean, she she told this story of a player who's basically just, uh, you know, like doing uh, multiplayer missions to, to help people in a really, really compelling way. Like, it's great writing. And I just, I think it's the very best of what the industry uh, brings forward. Uh, just one more thing. I am completely addicted to Killing Chaos and Stranger (gasps) of Paradise. So if anyone needs me to go solo 
chaos and stranger paradise i've got level 300 artifact gear i've got my uh red mage like chained out to just like nuke that mofo that's another go on go ahead no 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 no. i was just gonna say i got that game unlocked that's yeah. another freaking game I need to play. <laughs> yes, you do. I was doing I would love so to play well that with you. at the beginning of this year, being like, I'm on top of all the new releases. I'm good. And then Elden Ring just ran it me just over like a life. Mack truck. Yeah. I haven't touched anything else since it came out. <laughs> do you know what's going to happen, Simone? Eventually, you are going to play Link to the Past, right? And you're going to be sitting there and you're just going to be knocking. You're going to get addicted to it. You're going to be knocking on random gamers doors and you'd be like let me solo ganon let me solo ganon for you <laughs> let me solo him. yes it's ganon at the very end of it oh spoilers <laughs> this episode of spoil a game that old Go i know ahead. this episode of rocket is brought to you by crowdstrike Here's an unsettling fact for you. 70% of cyber attacks are targeted at small to mid-sized businesses. You might be wondering how serious a cyber attack even is. Welcome to your very first episode of Rocket, if you are. About half of businesses will become unprofitable within a month of being breached. Cyber criminals know that smaller businesses may not have the resources to defend themselves from ransomware and malware. This makes smaller companies an easy target, and the ransoms collected can add up quickly. If you want to better protect your business, CrowdStrike has a solution for you. Falcon Pro by CrowdStrike is the cybersecurity solution that your small business needs. It provides superior prevention from cyber attacks, detects malicious activity, and offers immediate response capabilities for your business. And it's all fully deployed in just minutes to protect your organization. Falcon Pro provides features such as antivirus protection, firewall management, device control, and integrated threat intelligence, all in one cloud-based solution. With Falcon Pro, your systems are protected against all cyber attacks, not just malware, even when devices aren't connected to the internet. And you can say goodbye to sluggish antivirus scans and inconvenient reboots that delay your team's productivity, which I encounter often. Rated 4.9 out of 5 by Gartner Peer Insights, CrowdStrike is the cybersecurity that your team needs. Head to crowdstrike.com slash rocket to start a 15-day free trial. That is crowdstrike.com slash rocket for a free 15-day trial of CrowdStrike Falcon Pro. Our thanks to CrowdStrike for their support of this show and Relay FM. Brianna, what are you up to this fine, fine week? Oh my god, so the cat's out of the bag. I am working on the Nina Turner rematch in Ohio 11. Our fundraising is just through the absolute roof. I've essentially been handed a massive, massive, massive budget. And basically someone said, okay, we need you to put together a complete barrage of TV, internet, radio, digital, and, you know, static ads in two weeks. <laughs> Can you build a team from scratch and get that done? And I'm getting it done, but my God, it's it's a lot of work. Lot. So, um, yes, but we're going to win this. Very excited. Right. Good luck and good Thank work. Uh, Christina, what about you? 
Um, yeah, so I will be filming the very first episode of the download with Christina Warren on GitHub um, on uh, Thursday. Woo! So check that out Friday at youtube.com slash GitHub. Um, I'm I'm not sure yet if I'm going to wear my fast hoodie this week or next week. Oh. Um, but 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 I did get my 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 fast hoodie from uh from fast that did come in. And Congrats. so um Thank you very much. I'm very excited about it. I also got one for uh, for for Kylie Robeson from um, Insider because she had been such a champ on the story. Um, yeah, so I'm uh, I'm doing that. I'm still kind of in the groove with things uh, for work. Um, we had a listener uh, reach out uh, who who was also at GitHub, and so I very much um, appreciate that. That was amazing, um, and 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 I I really really um, uh, appreciate that. Um, that was just kind of a, a cool thing to see. So um, uh, thank you, Kevin, for for reaching out. Uh, and that's it for me. Whenever you get Christina Warren, like, download merch, I want That's that. a good question. Ooh. That's a good idea. Yeah. Okay, I'll, th- I'll, I'll think on that. I'll think on that and, and see if uh, Matt, the editor, and I, like, we should we should do something like, for, we should do some merch. Mm-hmm. I'm just spending this week working away, doing research. Um, I will say I've seen RRR three times in theaters now, which means I've spent <laughs> nine over nine hours of my life watching this. And I got my brother to go see it, Christina, and he lives in Seattle. So I don't know okay. what your excuse okay, I, is. Well, I mean, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. The fact so. that I'm making you go to a theater in the middle of a pandemic to watch a three-hour movie, but, you know. Well, okay. Good. The issue is, honestly, if it were, uh, like, local, um, I would have a much easier time because I have to go to Bellevue. It's like a whole yes, thing. Yes, and under any normal circumstances, I would never ask you to go to Bellevue because I know – as somebody who has lived in the Pacific Northwest most of my life, I know how awful that is to go there. Um, nobody wants. It's to. a great place. No, is it's, it? It's, it's great. I is mean, Bellevue is very, very. I mean, I don't know. It's very nice. I, I'm just. It's just a pain to get is there. It? And <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a huge Bellevue hater. Um, <laughs> Why? It's it's so fancy. Oh my god! It sucks. It has like no personality. It's like a. It's like the. It's like somebody tried to make a suburban suburban housing development into oh, 100%. a pseudo city. It has no life. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're not you're not wrong. It's just nice. And and if you want to, nice. okay, I grew up in. Well, I grew up in that stuff. That okay, I grew up in Bellevue. Like you have to understand <laughs> that the, the the part of Atlanta that I grew up in, like the 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 suburbs, it was that. And and so, um, like like and it was so close to that that it's 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 funny. So it feels so, homey to you. Exactly, because I'm like, oh, I'm 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 in Dunwoody, um, you know. So yeah, it's it's a um, comforting in that way, but it's just a pain to get there, and and for a three hour movie, like it's an all day thing. But um, so it'd have to be on a Saturday or Sunday. But I'm 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 going to try my best. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Other than that, I did actually I saw everything everywhere all at once uh, on last night. Nope, the night before last night, and that movie is very very good. I heavily recommend it. Um, I can't wait to go see it. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk about it if if you two go see it as well. Yeah, I'm yeah I'm I'm, it it got really really good reviews at uh, at Sundance. I think is is when it debuted. Yeah, I I think you're right. Um, and um, and I've been actually wanting to see it since then because some of the film critics that I really really. Uh, like usually end up agreeing with and really respect really liked it yeah um well that is going to be our show for this week uh brianna where can we find you online you can find me at brianna Wu on twitter and christina what about you 
You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And you can follow my videos for work, which, yes, will be up this week at YouTube.com. Thank you. Thank you. At YouTube.com slash GitHub. And that link is also in the show notes, uh, just in case you forgot it. It went out of your head. Uh, uh, Thank you for listening. Oh, wait, no, me, me. I I also exist. You can find me (laughs) on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at Doom Quasar and my videos at YouTube.com slash Polygon. Thank you so much. Please bully her into playing Zelda, please. Please bully me just for my own joy and happiness. I love to be bullied. I mean, mean, that too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, and I shouldn't involve you all in that. Um, This episode of Rocket (laughs) can be reviewed by you on Apple Podcasts, and you should. (laughs) It's a good idea. Um, And thank you to everyone who has reviewed it. We really appreciate it, and it helps people find the show. New listeners. The new listeners who don't know how bad cyber attacks can be. They're here because of your reviews and they need to be here. So thank you for that. Um, And share it with a friend if you care to do so. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.